Experience the feeling of powder floating up to your goggles. Take in a sweeping panoramic view from atop a mountain ridgeline. Feel the thrill of laying an edge on perfect corduroy and arcing a sweeping turn. Relax in front of a crackling fireplace at the end of a great day on the mountain. Welcome to Inside the Mountain Collective, the podcast series that takes you on a journey to the dream destinations included on the Mountain Collective Pass. Each episode will take you on a collective trek, visiting two or more resorts, giving you local insights into how to maximize your Mountain Collective Pass and to explore some of the sport's most exhilarating destinations. Check it out today at mountaincollective.com. Now join us on a collective trek with our local guides on Inside the Mountain Collective. We're joined today on Inside the Mountain Collective with two experienced local guides to take us on a tour of their mountains at Banff, Sunshine, and Lake Louise. And a big welcome to Marty Von Neudig and Aaron Tetley. Welcome, guys. Thanks so much for having me today. Yeah, nice to be here, Tom. Well, Marty, I want to start with you. And Marty, I know your family emigrated from Austria to the Banff area back in 1952, a long time ago. Uh, But before I turn it over to you, Marty, I got to throw out a stat to uh, our listeners here on Inside the Mountain Collective. Marty used to work at uh, Canadian Mountain Holidays where he racked up, is this right, Marty, 4 million vertical feet heli-skiing? Yeah, it's uh, pretty close. We were uh, around 4 million, but you know, it took me 27 years to get there. So that's not like it happened overnight. (laughs) (laughs) And what are, now you've been skiing. I know you told me that you have had a pass actually to Mount Norquay for 62 years. And I think you've been skiing at Lake Louise for about 40 some years. Just uh, give us a little background of what you do in the area and what has really kept you there for so many years. Sure. Well, I was lucky enough to be born here. Like you said, my dad emigrated here in 1952 as an Austrian ski instructor. He was actually an engineer and he ended up managing to get good work and stay in Banff. And and I was lucky enough to be born here. And then he started the children's ski programs in Banff in 1958 and managed to get a lot of his kids on a national ski team over the years. Um, One of them wasn't his son, unfortunately. But anyway, we uh, spent a lot of time on our skis and it's just what we do here. And so anyway, then I uh, went off and went to university, went to law school, but my whole goal was always to come back to Banff. And when I graduated from law school, I, I practiced law for a few years, but very quickly had the opportunity to join CMH heli skiing after four years of general practice. And I was at CMH um, as their marketing director and general counsel and a few other things for 27 years. And uh, that was a fantastic time to be involved in mountain exploration and the development of such a great industry. And then throughout that time, I was able to ski on my own. Aside from heli skiing, you know, we always skied like crazy. And university, I always skied at least 100 days a year. And, um, and since then, you know, work interferes with skiing a little bit, but you know, last winter I managed to get out 55 days. So it's, it's a, it's a pretty good life living in Banff. 
You know, it is amazing. And I live in a resort town as well. And I know we, we always kind of complain to each other, to fellow locals and to ourselves about, man, I'm just not getting up on the mountain. And somebody asks you, well, how many days you ski last year? And, you know, you did 55. So, you know, it's a, it's a great life being in those resort towns. Aaron, you moved from Thunder Bay, a little bit of a different situation. And Aaron is a, a, an amazing outdoors woman. She's a trail runner, a hiker, a mountain biker. She skis and snowboards, loves to go out in the backcountry with a split board and uh, how has life been for you this past dozen years in Banff? It's been pretty great. I mean, I grew up in Thunder Bay, Ontario, which is in the northwestern um, area. And um, I did ski competitively growing up. And then I always heard about my mom and dad living out west here in the mountains um, from the 80s. And then at 18, I had the opportunity to move out here and I never went home. And I mean, like Marty had said, it's just we're so lucky to have these mountains as our as our playground. And I started, I mean, it's hard not to to be able to ski and snowboard here. We have seven months of winter, and so I uh, I picked up my board and went out to uh, to the three resorts that we have here. And then, I mean, the rest is history. Twelve years later, it's what I look forward to most. I mean, I'm a winter I'm a winter lover at heart for sure. And I mean, it's it's cold here for a while, so it'd be hard not to to ski. Or to snowboard, right? Yeah, for sure. And I, I, I want to talk about the the element that has really fascinated me in my trips up to that area over the years. You're driving out west from Calgary, easy drive, nice highway, and you see that mountain range coming up, and all of a sudden you are just consumed by the majestic beauty of the Banff National Park. It's really something, isn't it? It is super special to be able to land into Calgary, see the mountains from afar. And then as you start driving into them, they just keep getting bigger. And I mean, it's super accessible. You're just an hour and a half from the airport and or the, an hour itself from the city, right? So coming out and having this is is truly special. I want to start out and talk a little bit about Lake Louise. And the, the beauty of this whole thing is you can use your mountain collective pass. You can ski two days at Lake Louise, two days at Banff Sunshine, get 50% off additional days and also 50% off at uh, Mount Norquay. But Marty, let's go back to you to talk a little bit about Lake Louise. For me, being at the top of that mountain and just looking out and seeing nothing but Mother Nature in every direction. It's just stunning being up on the ridgeline, isn't it? It's really incredible. And I've, you know, in my business, I was lucky enough to ski all around the world. And I've skied in Europe and I've skied in the States and I've skied all over uh, North America, really. And every time I get to the top of Lake Louise and we go to the top of the summit chair or the top of Paradise and we look across the valley towards Lake Louise itself and Temple Mountain and that range over there, it's breathtaking. And, you know, I've been in these mountains my entire life, which is now. long time. And, uh, and there's never a day that I get up there that I don't just go, man, this is so beautiful. And I've raised my kids there and they, they're now in their, you know, two of them are in their late twenties and they feel exactly the same way as I do. We just can't get enough of, of that view. It's so spectacular. And then the skiing itself is really great. There's never a day without a challenge. There's never a day that you can't find a place to find really great snow or, or something interesting to do. And, you know, Lake Louise kind of scary that sort of suits everybody. It's got great terrain for beginners. And now with the new chairs that they're putting in, there's going to be huge amounts of blue and green runs. And then for expert skiers, you know, in the back, it's so fantastic. And and then if you want to, let's say you're more of a race skier and you want to just train for slalom and GS turns, for instance, 
you know, it's a fantastic hill. There's always great places with terrific grooming that are a little bit smoother, a little bit harder and so much fun. So I always, I like many people around here, I have a quiver of skis in my garage and depending on what it looks like in the morning, I decide which skis I'm going to take. And I don't think I've ever had a day where I've been disappointed because there's always something to match the equipment. <laughs> Yeah, it's an amazing place. And Marty, I'm going to come back to you in a minute. And I want to talk about the back bowls, which I have not yet been in. My time there has all been on the front side of the mountain. But Aaron, tell us a little bit about Banff Sunshine, very close to the city of Banff and a really fascinating little ski resort. Yeah, so Sunshine, I mean, it's a quick drive. It's 20 minutes, 25 minutes from the town site. When you get up the access road, you're at the base of the gondola. And so it's a, I don't know, I'd say probably 20 minute gondola ride to the top. And once you get up to the top, you have two options. You can get off at Goat's Eye Mountain, Mid Mountain. And I'd say on a good powder day, it's good to get off at Goat's Eye because you get that steep terrain and you also get the opportunity to get first chair. Um, So when you get off at Goat's Eye, it's it's mid mountain and then they have a lodge down there now for food and just warming huts which is great and then as you make your way up you could either take the connecting chair system through to the village by going up tp which is also some great steeper terrain with on a powder day it's it's fantastic and then um, connecting through to the village or you can hop back on the gondola and make your way through to the top of the the village there and um personally with sunshine there's so much different terrain in terms of of what you can like marty had said challenge yourself with you've got the free riding zone in delirium dive which is definitely one of my favorite places on the mountain i mean there's lots for everybody you can bring your friends in there um obviously with the appropriate safety gear because that is an avalanche area and then you can take your family out there i mean There's the lodge, which you can spend the night at, and then you get first tracks in the morning. Like I said, getting that first chair. You can also just go up there for a day trip. Personally, I love it. I mean, it's where I've grown up. I've spent all of my adult years here in the mountains. I mean, being 18 and now being 30, it's been um, great because you keep exploring and, and I personally enjoy it. Aaron, can you tell me a little bit more about the gondola system? And just so so the the listeners understand, this is a gondola system that actually connects the bases of multiple mountains at Sunshine, right? That's correct. Yeah. So um, as you get on the gondola, there's um, a mid station and you can have the opportunity to stay on the gondola or get off. The first mountain that you would step off at would be goat's eye and there's multiple lift systems from that area that you can either connect to the village or continue riding at and um, sometimes if the weather isn't great up top you can stay lower mountain which gives you the opportunity to stay more in the trees goat's eye is a little bit more um, challenging in the sense of the runs that are provided there you can go into double blocks down the south side shoots into that area or you can stay on the front face it's great for getting those big carving turns in or just you know challenging yourself through the trees when when you've got some good powder and then if you were to continue on the gondola and make your uh, way to the village you're then at another mountain so you have um, the great divide chair there you've got the opportunity to travel into bc on the divide chairlift so as you make your way up the continental divide you then hop over into bc and on the chairlift sign this says welcome to beautiful british columbia and then as you make your way back into alberta it says welcome to sunny alberta and so i'm not sure what the signs say um welcome to alberta but um 
whether or not it's uh, it's really cool to be able to go over. And then as you ski down, you get the opportunity to bounce back from BC to Alberta. And then from the village there, there's the Sunshine Village um, Mountain Lodge. And then you also have the Mad Trappers, which is a great for apres or for lunch. You can stop there for a bite to eat. Cool. I mean, that's the thing that's interesting to me is you have this whole like collection of mountains right outside the town of Banff. Uh, Marty, I want to go back over to you and talk more about Lake Louise. I have been there a number of times for the World Cup races in November and December and I've always had a great experience, but I've not dipped my tips down over in the backside into the back bowls, but it looks like some truly remarkable terrain on the backside of Lake Louise. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting. So many people know Lake Louise from the, from the TV and from ski races. So they see the front side of the mountain and it's spectacular, but they don't see what's behind that. And from the top of Lake Louise, there's a new summit chairlift, uh, which replaced an old summit platter. And, uh, I'm from the time that I remember when there wasn't even a platter and we had to walk <laughs> up there still, but those bowls in the back and all the chutes in the back, uh, of which there are many of increasing degrees of steepness are incredibly uh, challenging and interesting terrain. And some of them are big and broad and open, like the Whitehorn One Chute. And it gives you enough opportunity. If you're not strictly a fall line skier, you can find your way down quite nicely. And to some of the other chutes that are much steeper and have narrower waists, so you've got to really commit to the commit to the fall line. So there's something in there for everyone. And then uh, that's just off the top of the summit platter. And then off of the top of the paradise chair, there are all the eagle shoots. And there's a whole number of, of choices there as well. I don't even know how many acres it is. It's hundreds and hundreds of acres of terrain of shoots. And there isn't anything that you could do as a skier, or if, I'll rephrase that there. You're not any type of a skier who wouldn't go back there and find something to be challenged with. It's really quite an amazing place and you're not going to get bored I'll tell you if you're especially if you're here for just a couple of days it's a big wow what I really like about it, and it's looking at the trail map, is you have alternatives. So you can go to the top, and it isn't double black all the way down for everybody. If you want to take a green way down, want to take a blue way down, you have those options. So there is truly something for everybody. That's not always the case in those types of areas. No, that's right. And every lift in Lake Louise, there's always a blue choice down off the top of every lift. So that's really a, a lovely thing. So for people who just want to get to the top of the mountain, you know, my dad and I used to do this a lot when I was a boy. My dad would always want to ski the last run from the top of the mountain to the bottom. And didn't matter where the top was in those days. It was just something that we did to kind of close out the day. And I always find that to be such a beautiful experience to just have that big, long run down the front side of Lake Louise. You can do it in the back too if you want, but it doesn't matter what type of skier you are. You can have that experience from the very, very top, see that incredible view, sort of bask in it for a few minutes, and then have that incredibly long run all the way down to the base. It's a great way to close out your day. Let's go back over to Band Sunshine. And Aaron, one of the things that I found interesting in talking with the resort was this concept of snow farming that they do, uh, not relying so much on snowmaking, but you get tremendous natural snowfall, but just the technique that they use in collecting that snow and then redistributing that natural snow along the slopes. How does that work? Pretty 
incredible. Their trail crew work so hard. I mean, through the summer, through the winter, they're out there getting the fence system set up so that as they collect the snow, because it's very windy, I mean, sunshine does see a lot of weather come through there. Yes, uh, it's called sunshine, but you definitely see some overcast days. And I mean, that's what provides that champagne powder. I mean, some of the best snow that we do have out here and sunshine season is extremely long and the operations team and and trail crew, what they do is they have these uh, fence systems set up. And then as it collects snow throughout the season, they'll pull the fence systems out and then they'll get the cats through there and they'll groom it out. And then, I mean, they get that deeper snow, they can distribute it evenly throughout the face. And like I said, with the wind that they do see up there, it would be hard to not have that system and to be able to have these runs be open. So their team works diligently all season long. Um, You see them out there digging out these fences and getting them put up in areas. And I feel like there's longevity with the season out there because with the way that it works is they've perfected catching the snow and then distributed it out accordingly. So it's a great. Marty, uh, I, I know that Lake Louise is referred to as the friendly giant. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? Why is it the friendly giant? Well, first of all, it's in Canada. Everything's friendly in Canada. <laughs> Every everything is friendly there. <laughs> <laughs> but it is it is giant. I mean, in terms of the the terrain and the number of lifts that are available, and now with the new lifts, I guess there'd be sixteen lifts, fifteen or sixteen lifts now in Lake Louise, and uh, the new lift and the West Bowl has added another four hundred and twenty acres of terrain on top of the thousands of acres that are already there with great access off the bottom. Now there'll be three high capacity lifts off the bottom, so that'll really help a lot in terms of getting you, you know, into skiing terrain early in the morning. And then in the back, it's a long run from say from the top of the summit platter. There's a, a run around that takes you all the way down into the valley towards Larch and the Ptarmigan Chairs. It's many kilometers long till you get down there. And then uh, you've got great choice of terrain on two more lifts at the end of the valley that you can entertain yourself all day in any one of those zones. If you never left the front of Lake Louise, you'd have a great day. If you only skied the summit, you'd have a great day. If you only skied Larch and Ptarmigan all day, you'd have a great day. So all that together makes for a pretty friendly giant. Aaron, you are one of those rare individuals that both skis and snowboards. So how do you make your decision when you're going up to Banff Sunshine or over to Lake Louise or Norquay? How do you make a decision as this a ski day or a snowboard day? be fair, I'm a lot more comfortable on my snowboard. Um, <laughs> skiing powder is hard. I have a lot of respect for the people that can just send it because you throw me on a groomer and I can charge, but uh, skiing powder is a lot more difficult. But um, I would definitely pick my snowboard on a day that there was a lot of snow because I can get everywhere I want to get. And then on a day where I want to challenge myself, I'd throw my skis on and go for a leg burner at the top of Lake Louise uh, summit chair. But um, that's how I would choose more comfortable on the snowboard. So Aaron, what's a great day for you? You've just had friends fly in uh, from the flatlands and you're going to take them up on uh, Banff Sunshine for a day or so. Where are you likely to take them? What's a good introductory tour of Banff Sunshine? 
I'd take them up to the village and take them on Standish Lift. Uh, Standish Lift has a great lookout area that you can go to just off the top of the chairlift there. And you really get the beauty of the sunshine meadows that you can overlook. And then you can see a Cinnaboyne, the Matterhorn of the Canadian Rockies out in the distance. And it's absolutely gorgeous. And with Standish Lift itself, there's a blue run that can take them down or a green run, which is friendly to to everybody. And I mean, you can get the views at anywhere you stand at sunshine because you're just surrounded by the beauty in the Rockies there. Marty, same question to you. You've got friends coming in. Uh, they want to go ski Lake Louise. What are you going to show them on that first day? Similar to Aaron, I think I would take them on a tour of the whole place. There, You could take any lift off of the bottom. Of course, I haven't ridden the new one yet because it's not open yet, but it will be very <laughs> soon. And when that lift is open, we're going to have all kinds of access. So quickly getting off of the bottom would be great. And then from the top of any of those lifts, I would take any of the blue runs and tour them around the, the whole area. I'd make sure that they took the runs into the back and skied Larch and Ptarmigan and I'd make sure that we got to the top of Summit for sure, just to enjoy the view. One of the things that people don't often do, but I just love, is skiing the ski out in Lake Louise. It's it's very gentle, but it's long, and it, you feel like you're a million miles away from the world. It's a beautiful forest. It's a lovely, lovely run. And you've left the backside, and somehow miraculously on this long run, you pop back out in the front again. And I think a lot of people are amazed that where they've left from and where they've arrived and this wonderfully gentle, beautiful mountain experience, you don't get too many places like that. And then you can do it all over again. So that would be a good day. <laughs> I love those feelings of peace and tranquility when you get back on some of those very remote trails. The uh, To give folks a sense of uh, perspective here, how far apart are these two, two resorts? Sunshine is about 15 kilometers away from Banff and Lake Louise is about 50 kilometers away from Banff. So they're not very far apart. Banff to the Sunshine Base takes about 20 minutes and then it takes about 35 minutes from Banff to get to the Lake Louise Base. Yeah, so it's really practical if you're coming out for a uh, five or six day vacation that you could easily ski or ride both of these major resorts. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah, there's buses that you can also take if you have a lift pass. It'll take you out to uh, Lake Louise Ski Resort or to Sunshine Village. So it's easily accessible or you can get a rental, which is also easy. And Marty, I want you to talk a little bit about Mount Norquay. We, uh, while it's not in the Mountain Collective, Mountain Collective pass holders do get a 50% discount off tickets at Mount Norquay. So you've skied there for 62 years. So you must have started skiing when you were just a very young child. But just give us a quick snapshot of Mount Norquay. Well, uh, you're right. I was 18 months old when I started skiing up Norquay, and I still have my very first pair of skis, which are a little pair of wooden skis we got from the Eaton's catalog, <laughs> and with they have little they have little bells on the bindings. But anyway, um, uh, Norquay is right above town. When I'm at home, I look right out onto the slopes, which is great. When I was a boy, I used to roll out of bed and grab a pair of binoculars and look up at the mountain and I could see if my friends were already up there ahead of me, which always bothered me if they were, and then I'd hustle up. Its greatest advantage is very family friendly at the lower lifts. Cascade Chair, Spirit Chair, Mystic Chair all have wonderfully accessible blue runs and green runs. It's the kind of ski area where you can almost just, you just can let your kids go. 
and your kids can just go and ski on their own and you don't need to worry about them. They can't get lost. They're going to come right back to the base lodge. I've done that with my kids and that's how I grew up and that's how lots of local kids grow up. They just go. And then there's what's called the big chair, which is the Norquay chair. When it was built, it was the steepest chair in North America. It's not any longer, but it's still a very, very steep terrain chair with uh, really challenging terrain, usually pretty bumpy, super fun. You can <laughs> really burn yourself out on a few runs on the big chair. And you can do the same on the lower runs in Norquay because the Mystic chair is a high-speed quad with great terrain and a bunch of runs on Mystic in a couple of hours, three, four hours. You've done a lot of skiing. And then Norquay has a really lovely lodge. It's a timber frame lodge, offers great food, and it's a nice place to just kind of hang out. And you can be back in Banff in under 15 minutes. You're back in town. So a lot of people come to Banff on their arrival day. And let's say they've only got half a day from when they arrive, they can just pop up Norquay, get a few runs in on their first day. Or if it's a Friday night, they can even go night skiing, which we can't do at the other areas. So it does have things to offer that are really great and a lot of fun. Aaron, these two communities of Lake Louise and Banff are both wonderful and they have their own very unique charm. What's the vibe like in each one of them and how do they differ? Banff has that small mountain town vibe. I mean, the community is great. There's not a lot of us that are here year round, but when we are here, I mean, you can't walk far without seeing your friends on the street or saying hello. I mean, a walk to the grocery store could take you an hour by the amount of times that you run into people. And um, with the amount of pubs and energy of the bustling town, I mean, it brings a lot of tourism here, which is great. I personally wouldn't have a job if it wasn't for the tourists that come here and from all over the world. And it's postcard perfect. I mean, everywhere you look is a beautiful shot, whether it's taking the view in or taking a picture of it. It's absolutely fantastic. And the small town community where we have the streets named after animals is pretty special. Um, and that's something that I just continue to, to love is just the beauty of it. And with the way that the town works and living in a beautiful national park, there's restrictions to, to building to the, the foundation and blueprint and footprint that is here. So it's truly special. And the work to reside is truly incredible as well, because you can't live here unless you work here or you've provided to the town. So it's unique in itself and it allows people to come in and visit somewhere that's truly special. And with Lake Louise, I mean, being a hamlet with less than 500 residents that live there annually, it's special because you've got the little village that has the stores down there and then um, it's pretty much it. What's special about both places is there's these beautiful Fairmont properties, the Banff Springs Hotel, which is the Castle of the Rockies. And then you've got the Fairmont Chateau Lake Louise, which sits on the shores of the iconic Lake Louise that's known worldwide. So both properties providing this luxury experience with incredible service and to be able to stay in a place that provides such great skiing is truly special. So that's why I love living here. It's a unique experience. The thing that has really stood out for me in my visits there are the iconic hotels. First of all, you have ski areas that are a little bit remote and just in the middle of the national park. And then nearby, you have these amazing old vintage hotels that are renowned for their service and in amazing locations. I mean, the view from the Chateau Lake Louise is unlike any view you will ever have at a ski hotel in the world. Uh, Marty, uh, I just want to get some thoughts from you on how these two iconic hotels have really built an image that's just indelible for this region. 
For sure. And, you know, the Bounce Springs Hotel was built by the Canadian Pacific Railway early in the last century. And the one that's there now is a successor hotel. The first one actually burned to the ground in, I think, 1926. And then the new one was built early on in the Depression years. And those years allowed that hotel to be built to an incredible standard. And they brought in these craftsmen from all around the world who, through those years, weren't employed anywhere else. But the railway was able to hire them. And we have these beautiful carvings throughout the hotel and fantastic woodwork and inlay. It's the kind of hotel that it could never be replicated. It just would cost billions of dollars to build a hotel like that now. No modern hotel really has character. The Banff Springs Hotel in particular has an incredible amount of character. And the Chateau Lake Louise has this terrific mountain heritage. And that hotel was the first home of mountain guides. So when the first Swiss guides came to North America, they were hired by the railway employed at the CP Hotel and the Chateau Lake Louise, and they began exploration of those mountains with mountain guides. So its tradition is steeped in mountaineering. And, you know, I always feel like skiers, We sometimes we get so wrapped up in just being skiers and, you know, banging off runs and burning out our legs and skiing as much as we can or having as many days as we can. We kind of lose sight of the fact that we're part of a long tradition of mountaineers. And mountaineering is really what the root of the whole thing is. It was travel through the mountains and then enjoying your surroundings. So I really encourage people to, when they're either in a hotel like that, don't just worry about where the bar or the room is. Think about where the place is and what its history is. And the same when you're skiing, you know, don't worry about your next run. Lift up your eyes and look around and and feel like you're a part of this tradition that began more than 100 years ago with, you know, intrepid adventurers, and you're just following in their footsteps and be grateful to them, enjoy what they've left you, but feel like you're part of something greater than just another day of skiing. Because both of those hotels in Banff, you really, really feel that way. And one other thing that I'll just toss in here is the White Museum in the Canadian Rockies is the oldest mountain archive in the world, or the most comprehensive mountain archive in the world. And it's an incredible place to go when you're not skiing. And to go and take a look at that museum, look at the exhibits that they have on that show the development of the park, the history of the park, what it's all about. The human history is fascinating here, how it developed. And the other place that I'll mention, because it's an adjunct, is the Banff Center. Uh, The Banff Center was built as the Banff School of Fine Arts, and it's a cultural icon, very much like the Aspen Institute, which Americans are aware of. And, you know, we have performances of fine art in Banff all the time throughout the year in a normal non-COVID time. It goes, you know, forever. And we have these beautiful events, and it's a great thing to take part in the evening. And it can be anything from a ballet to an opera to chamber music to the Banff Mountain Film Festival. It could be a book festival. It could be all kinds of things. It could be a reading. You know, it could be a famous actor who's going to do a one-person performance or a reading. So those things are happening in Banff all the time. And again, very different than a normal little ski town. Uh, It's a cultural facet that gives us a very, very unique flavor over many, many, many other destinations. Yeah, it really is quite a remarkable destination. Uh, you know, I, I have this philosophy, and I've, I've, I've shared this discussion with many chefs about that memorable dinner that you have. And it's not just the food. And I feel the same thing here. It's, it's not just the skiing. It's not just the hotels. It's this amazing collection of 
all of this in one location that really makes this area so great. So you're going to come for the skiing, but you're going to have a lot of other things that will kind of enrapture you and help to form your memory. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. It gives you such a feeling of awareness. And I think for people who are travelers, you know, it's so important, right? They want to enjoy the wide open spaces. That's great. But they really need to feel like they've broken away from wherever it is they're from. And Banff is very much that. And if you embrace it for what it is and don't just come here for the party town, but look at the rest of it, boy, you are a long way away from where you've come from. Aaron, uh, let's talk about how do you get there. And this is the other thing that I've always enjoyed is that it's an easy hop from the airport, but you can be in Calgary from pretty much anywhere in North America within four to five hours at the most. And then from there, it's just 90 minutes up. But is it really that simple to get there? Yeah, it is. There's multiple uh, shuttle businesses that will take you from the airport to Banff. There's the Brewster Express, which will pick you up from the airport or from downtown, and it'll take you on your hour and a half long journey through to the Canadian Rockies here in Banff. Um, It also connects to Lake Louise, which is great. So whether you're here in Banff or in Lake Louise, it'll take you there. And then there's the Banff Airporter as well, which will then take you from the Calgary Airport into Banff. So either service can provide that opportunity. There's rental cars as well, which you can take, but the shuttle services is great because you can sit back and relax and then enjoy the ride into the, the Rockies. Cool. I'm going to close it out now with a section that we call Collective Dreams. And I'm going to go to each of you with some questions to kind of test some of your local favorites in a number of areas. But let's start it out. And Marty, I'll go to you first. Favorite place to get a cup of coffee or tea in the morning before you head out skiing? White Bark Cafe. Yes. Are you guys unanimous on that? Yes, definitely. (laughs) Okay. That's the first one on the list. Let's... Think back, and I I know you all have had many memorable ski days, but let's just have each of you pick out one memorable ski experience you've had at Lake Louise or Sunshine. Uh, Aaron, do you want to go first? Most memorable uh, moment, would you say? Yeah, most memorable moment. Just something that really sticks in your mind. That run that was just perfect, the snow conditions that were magnificent. Give us a little sample. Well, I'd say last season they had a half meter snow overnight. And so I had it up there for first chair. And to be able to ski and have everybody hooting and hollering going down would probably be my most memorable moment up at Sunshine. And to be able to have multiple lift options, it's just the cherry on top. So I'd say that. Marty? (laughs) Well, there's different types of memorable, but one of my most Uh, memorable ones was uh, race training in Lake Louise and uh, doing section times in a downhill where our coach thought it would be a good idea to start us in 15 second intervals. So uh, if the kid ahead of you fell, bad things were going to happen. So nobody fell. We were pretty focused for that whole run, I'll tell you. (laughs) And that was very memorable. That's a different type of memorable. Let's go to Opre. We haven't talked too much about that, but what are some of your favorite spots in Lake Louise or in Banff for Opre? Aaron? I'd say Banff would be the Banff Ave Brewing Co., the pub there. It's great because they brew their own beer in-house, which is unique here in Banff, and it's got a lot of options as well. So I'd say the Banff Ave Brewing Co. Cool. Marty? Uh, For an evening entertainment, you know, we have a lot of really great restaurants in Banff, and one of the things that's happened over the years is that bad restaurants don't last, and we tend to only have good restaurants. 
But one of the places that I really like to go is the Vault House Pub at the Banff Springs Hotel. It's got this fantastic, beautiful deck that looks out across the Spray River Valley. And it's in the what used to be the old, old golf clubhouse built in the 30s and then renovated couple of times since then but it's got tremendous character it's really fun it's not pretentious it's got great food and it's got an unbeatable view and a great deck yeah for me my memories really go back to the chateau lake louise and having a wonderful dinner and hopefully with a little bit of a bright full moon glinting off the ice and snow on lake louise just all sorts of opportunities there uh i'm going to hit you with one other one that might challenge you a little bit to close off this episode of inside the mountain collective one word describe your life in the canadian rockies fortunate Fortunate. I love that. Tell us about that. Well, I was fortunate to be born here. I was fortunate to make a life here. I was fortunate to raise my children here. I'm fortunate to be able to go skiing here. And even when things get tough, when there's a downturn or there's a pandemic or whatever it is, we always manage to have a fantastic ability to get out and do things. And I've lived my very best life here. There's no other place I want to live. Uh, In spite of traveling the world, there's no other place that I would rather be than right here. And I don't think you can get more fortunate than that. You really can't. Aaron, what do you think? I'd say special. It's a special place to live. And the opportunities that we get to experience are, are special and unique. And to be able to live here in the National Park and have adventure right at your doorstep, it's truly a a special place to to be. It truly is. For me, it would be tranquility. I always feel at peace when I'm there. I have fun making the turns and really ripping some lines, but at the end of the day, I just feel I'm in a special place. And I would indeed say, Marty, I've been fortunate to be up there and so will the others who come out and visit. Can we count on you if a Mountain Collective pass holder finds you on the slopes this season and says, hey, can you have a run with me or are you good to go? I am good to go. Alrighty. Marty von Neudig and Aaron Tetley, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Inside the Mountain Collective. This is Tom Kelly, your host. Hope you have a great ski season out there and get good use out of your Mountain Collective Pass. We'll be back with more episodes right here on Inside the Mountain Collective. Are you ready to build your own collective trek? The Mountain Collective Pass is your ticket to multi-resort skiing or riding. Get yours today at mountaincollective.com. You'll get two days at each participating resort, plus 50% off additional days. It is the perfect pass to take just one trip and be able to ski or ride at multiple resorts. Build your own collective trek today. I'm your host, Tom Kelly. Thanks for listening, and make sure to subscribe to get every episode delivered directly to you. Watch for more episodes of Inside the Mountain Collective. And I'll see you on the mountain.